toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be the Love who awaken our souls. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. I'm Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Joel Bennett. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. Consider becoming a Patreon supporter or a sponsor to help with the operating costs like editing and the many hours we spend creating these shows with quality guests and content. And if you have resonated with our mission, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. Take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Dr. Joel Bennett. He is president of Organizational Wellness and Learning Systems, known as OWLS, a consulting firm specializing in evidence-based wellness technologies to promote organizational health and employee well-being. Dr. Bennett first delivered stress management programming in 1985, and OWLS programs have since reached nearly 250,000 workers across the United States and abroad, including training over 1,000 facilitators and coaches. In 2022, Dr. Bennett was acknowledged with the Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Wellness Institute and internationally with the Positive Leadership Award from the Positive Leadership Institute. He has authored and co-authored seven books, including Raw Coping Power, Heart-Centered Leadership, and Your Best Self at Work. 
thank you so much for being with us today, Joel. And you, this is actually your second time with us. Um, for our listeners, if they haven't listened to your previous episode, which is number 159, Shifting Our Perception of Time, definitely check that out after uh, you listen to this episode. It's great to see you again. Oh, it's a it's a real pleasure. I I love you guys. I love being here. I love what you do. I love the energy. So I'm I'm along for whatever the ride takes us. Awesome. However it unfolds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe for our listeners that didn't catch the previous episode, can you tell us um, about your spiritual journey and what has led you down this path? Uh, I wish it were just one thing. that that would make this every time there's so many layers um Mm. i think any spiritual journey before i give a as brief an answer as i can once you start having that sharing like if you ever do a share your spiritual journey story circle Hmm. You know, you, you're going around the circle and by the time the next person is gone, you kind of like, go, oh, I forgot to mention, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. it, because there's so many layers there. The spirit is beyond words and beyond time. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'll just say that for me, uh, I've just, evolved, it's always been in there from the very beginning. There's always been this sense that there's something else going on here. Mm. You know, maybe one, one memory is like going to the far away public library when I was nine years old and browsing through all the religious books, you know, like, what's all this, you know, oh my gosh, there's a lot going on here. So um, that's one memory, you know. Beautiful. It's not so true though. There's so many layers to the journey. It's like, how do you, how do you sum it up into you know, a few words, um, that that's a, that's a big challenge. So thank you for, for sharing, um, yeah, a little bit about, about that journey for you. And, you know, I really just, I love, I love your work, Joel. It's so beautiful, so needed on the planet. And I'm sure it's helping so many people. And now I understand. So you have this new book, um, that recently came out and, I I would love to to talk about that today and and your inspiration for it and it's called soulful capacities um, and I just I love that name and I just want to want to dive into that and I'm wondering you know before we really dive into it or, or maybe just giving a giving us a little overview of you know what is a soulful capacity what is that for you what is that how where did you come um to that name what was the inspiration for that yeah so just to give a little bit of context so when we first talked i think the connoisseur of time had come out yes and between that book and this current one there was the first book one which was uh the map and radiant forces so the soulful capacities is book two in the quest for presence collection so to answer your question when i started to look at all the literature and my own experience about time not being clock time but understanding different versions of time of which there are many um and looking at 
the spirit and the evolution of the spirit or soul through the life of an individual, uh, I began to get this inkling that there's the soul, which most people believe it or not believe in. And then there's, well, is it just this one thing, you know? And of course, all the literature says, yes, it's one thing. In fact, the soul that every individual has is also the soul of all of humanity. And you cannot dice it up. You can't carve it up. It's inviolate. It's completely protected and it's eternal, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's start there by saying that um, uh, when we talk about social capacities, I think it's good to first talk about just a soul. Hmm. And the book opens, so I'm going to get to the question, but I want to make sure we're clear. <laughs> and I would love to hear about your your perception or experience or definition of, quote, the soul, which people don't talk about. Hmm. So the book opens with a verse from a, a Vedic text from the Hindu Vedic literature from the Srimad Bhagavatam. So everyone, a lot of people know about the Bhagavad Gita, mm -hmm. but there's this other text. It's very long called the Srimad Bhagavatam. And I can get you the, for your show notes. And it goes, this is the, this is how the book, it's the front piece of the book. You know, it's when you open the book, it's the first thing you see, right? And it says at that very moment, when one realizes the glory of the witness, the soul, at that very moment, when one realizes the glory of the witness, the soul, one begins to enjoy transcendence beyond the time of material energy. Hmm. One becomes immediately free from misconceptions of I and mine hmm. and manifests as pure consciousness. So in this reading and all the way through history up until Gary Zukav and his work on the soul. And there are quotes in his book that when we're in touch with the soul, we're in touch with timelessness. Mm -hmm. It's it's everywhere. It's in every religion, every spiritual text. And that the idea is that the human being can experience timelessness. The human being can have glimpses of the eternal. Mm. Now, how freaking cool is that? That's so beautiful. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this resonates super deep with me. I'm just going to share a quick personal story that ties in with this. So I, I, don't, I, think I've, I don't think I've ever shared this um, on, definitely not on the podcast. I, mean, I don't share it with a lot of people. But um, when I was 19 years old, I had a spinal fusion surgery and it didn't go well. And they the surgeon had told me that I actually died on the table for a, for a short period of time. And I, I can't say I have this, you know, really cool. I was floating above my body experience. I saw, I didn't, I didn't have that. Maybe it was too short of a time. I don't know. But the first question I asked when I came out of surgery and my surgeon is like big, you know, huge eyes looking at me because it was, I guess, a really intense moment. The first thing I could only ask was what time is it? what time is it? And he was looking at me like, why, why do you care what time it is? Like, that's kind mm -hmm. of a dumb question. And later on, I, and 
later on, I realized I'm like, I went to a place of no time. Mm -hmm. Like, and the only thing that I could like hang on to, to affirm that I was back in my body and on, on this plane was to ask what time it was, Mm -hmm. because that was my connection. And it's so interesting. You talk about time, but not in this linear sense that we're used to on this earthly plane. But even at that young age and at 19, I, I can't really say I was, I mean, I always had a little bit of a spiritual bent, but would be able to understand that concept. But I just knew when I came back, I just was like, what time is it? What time is it? How, how old were you again? I was 19. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that and has so, stayed with you. It's not just a memory. Oh, yeah. it's, it's in your body. Right. Oh. Yeah, it is. I still remember the horrible worried look on my surgeon's face when he was like, and then he was confused. Like, why are you asking me what time it is? And that's like, a to- that is a complete imprint of my concept of time being totally thrown off by what the world dictates as time. And how I, in that, I don't know, very brief flash of a moment, became into this place of timelessness. So thank you for that. That was, that was a beautiful quote, mm. too. Well, I I thank you for sharing because it's a testament to the reality of the soul that you are able to quickly go back to that memory, Mm -hmm. that it's not even a memory. It's almost like it's who you, it's your whole being. You know, you know, something that is timeless, that awareness of you coming back is an imprint that you can access a place of no time. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that feel right? That Absolutely. Because really after that experience, I did really go on a spiritual quest. Like I started questioning so much, like, who am I? I mean, I think that's typical of that age, but I was really invested and still am to this day, decades later um, of like, who am I really? And if I'm not this physical body, and if I'm not these chattery thoughts, and if time isn't how I've been told it was in, you know, public school and our society, then then what is it and who am I within that timelessness? Hmm. Wow. That sounds really incredible. Like such an incredible, like beautiful embodied experience. Because when you can, yeah, take it, take it from that the intangible to the tangible and, you know, to experience that, that expansiveness of no time and, and bring, being able to enter into that energy sounds like it would be a little bit easier to shift into that once you've experienced that. You know, I don't know if we were going to go there, but <laughs> we're, we're watching the uh, new series of Quantum Leap. Mm. which is a television series, which briefly is about time travel. And uh, uh, the main character has to leap at every episode. Mm. He goes into one body and another body and another body. And they're trying to figure out why he's doing this. But the point is, is every episode begins when he kind of lands in this new body. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things <laughs> You can tell he's trying to figure out is where am what time is it? (laughs) What year, what year am I in? You know? And yeah. So there's a there's a metaphor, right? For that, Mm -hmm. right? 
Absolutely. I love that. That's like an old 70s or early 80s show. <laughs> yeah, but they've, re, they've, re, they wow. re, they've redone it. Now it, there's a new 2023, 2022 series. 2022. Oh, wow. I'll have to check that out. Cool. Yeah. I remember I had, I had an experience one time and this, you know, I had been on this journey for a long time. And up until this point, I think I had, you know, done a lot of personal work and meditation and you know, mantras and, and all this, but it, a lot of it was, I think, really heady, you know, and, and gather the information and, you know, a lot of it, some experiential, but like, um, really, I hadn't had this kind of experience um, up until this point, but I was meditating one morning and, and all of a sudden I, I opened up my eyes in meditation and, I wasn't in my human form, but I was looking through my eyes as, as my soul. Mm. And all of a sudden I had like shifted, you know, seeing myself like feeling and being my soul mm. in this human body. And, and since then I've been able to really tap into that energy of, seeing the world through my soul and being like in this newness and this energy on this planet and, and truly being able to come from that soul perspective rather than the human perspective. When I'm conscious about it, of course, I have to, you know, be conscious and, and really intentional about that. Um, but that was such a profound experience that really shifted for me and being able to connect with my my soul. So but yeah, both of both of you, that's what I love about meeting with you. It's like you're 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 with it. You know? <laughs> it's like you can just go right there. It's like, Why don't you, I, I would love for you to tell my kids that. Can you just talk about that? Because believe me, I don't I don't get that no, at home. No, they my my grandkids, they, every time they see me, they go, You're weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. So Anyway, and I'm going to be picking them up in a little bit here. So, <laughs> um, so, but the, both of your experiences speak to that that quote that is the purity of that consciousness, that pure consciousness, where there's there's no real separation between consciousness and the soul. It's like, and where most of the modern day psychology and study of consciousness is almost like divorced from the soul. You know, it's like understanding, you know, what is consciousness. And so it's really great that we're starting here because there can be no consciousness without a soul. Mm. <laughs> right. I mean, that's so a, true. The mm -hmm. purity, it's a sense of this is, you know, I think, People in different uh, traditions call it different things. You know, bodhicitta is a term that's used in, in Buddhism. But there are, you know, we can talk about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost in the Christian, right? And in Judah, there's a number of different ways that it manifests. But there's a sense that there's something really whole and complete that uh, we carry inside of us and that we can't separate from our consciousness and really from our identity. Mm. But <laughs> these are fleeting experiences in a way, right? They're states. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so 
the question then to come back to your question is then what can we do? How can we cultivate some ability, some capacity to experience this purity, this timelessness? And so there are many different throughout all religions, capacities or soul, what called soulful capacities. And I, I'll just briefly reference some of them that these are um, in the Enneagram, the work of the Enneagram, there are things like essential goodness is one of the, there are these uh, essential aspects of the soul that are discussed in some of the Enneagram work, essential clarity, essential mm -hmm. love. In Buddhism, there's the the paramitas, loving kindness, yeah. um, right? Mm -hmm. Compassion, sympathetic joy, equanimity. In Sikhism, there's also the, there's soul encouragement of virtues in Sikhism. Again, you'll see compassion is pretty common across a lot of these. Humility, forgiveness, patient endurance. And then in Christianity, there's the seven graces, right? There's uh, insight, prophecy, encouragement, generosity. I mean, there's so... What I want to first say is that when we talk about soulful capacity in general, there are many different signposts around all religions on how to cultivate that capacity so that we can get back in touch with the spirit, the soul, the Holy Ghost, whatever. So I want to just say there that this is not anything new. <laughs> right, right. So I'll stop there before I go on and see if you have any comments about that. Well, I'd love to dive into one of those soulful capacities, like acceptance, I know, is mentioned in there. And and I feel like acceptance can, for some people, can get confused with like resignment, you know, like, well, yeah. oh yeah, I, you know, so I feel like acceptance kind of doesn't quite get the... Um... Okay, yeah, I'll read this quote. from. I quote from Joan Boroshenko in the book, which kind of oh. nails, nail, it nails mm. this. Yeah, I love that. Acceptance, this is a great quote from her in the, in the book, and it's, uh, it's at the beginning of the acceptance chapter three. She writes, acceptance isn't wimping out. Yeah. Acceptance, accepting the circumstances of your life is sometimes misunderstood as wimping out knuckling under or giving up. But in fact, it's just the opposite. If you face your situation squarely and get the help you need to heal your past, then the devil will do a disappearing act. Mm, I love that. <laughs> you know, so that I, that I think that answers Brenda your concern. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no wimping out. It's not resignation, it's not tolerance, it's not putting up with, it's instead facing the situation squarely as mm -hmm. is, as is. Mm -hmm. Being with it, open, opening the heart maybe, and really connecting with, you know, maybe the deeper purpose behind it um, and, and, and flow, like really feeling into it and, and yeah, and, and, you know, recognizing that um, like Byron Katie would say, right, loving what is in this moment. And and that's that's the reality of what we're experiencing um, in the here and now. And it's hard. It's the first soulful capacity that we talk about 
often because it's the one that for many people, it's often not always the one for many people when they first come to the spiritual path. Mm -hmm. Something happens that is beyond their will and control and understanding that's profound and it shakes them up and it's a wake up call. And so they can go through any years of searching only to realize that they just needed to stop and accept what had happened before the healing. I mean, even the Boroshenko quote suggests that you can't, mm -hmm. you can't accept, you can't heal what you cannot accept. So true. Right. And so what would be, you know, what would be a first step into that, into really honoring and, and, you know, going into the acceptance piece when something has been, you know, maybe you've been resisting that, you know, be, maybe you think you've accepted it, or maybe you've just continued to resist um, feeling that. What would you say would be, yeah, that first part on that path? Oh my gosh. I would open this up for discussion. I think it's different for, you know, <clears throat> different people. So I don't think there is a formula. I mean, I, I going back to the connoisseur of time, the first, the first three things we talk about is uh, stopping, mm -hmm. slowing down, stopping, and listening. That that's sort of universal. You, you know, yeah. you have the first where this is where we talk about clock time, like clock. Our adherence to clock time often prevents us from pausing, mm. slowing down, and listening. So that that would be a general no, comment. I, I would definitely agree with that. Part of for for me personally, the the stopping, I, I need to put away the distractions. And so then I can pause. And it's and it becomes a very I admit, you know, our phones and things that grab our attention for the next dopamine hit, they, you know, they grab our attention on a very subconscious level. So I do have to be really mindful, like of you know, putting my phone like out of my bedroom, you know, or when my kids come home from school, phone goes, stays in the purse and I'm with them. So then I can stop and pause and really accept the moment at, as it shows up. So I guess that, that would be my little, like in parentheses between the, the stop <laughs> and the next one is like, let's put away the distractions that we have become kind of subconsciously addicted to and and then see and then and see if how uncomfortable that is uh sometimes and how we've relied on certain you know whether whether it's apps on our phone or sliding through pictures and and see you know what what comes up in that moment and accepting that it's not not judging it just accepting it and um kind of moving forward from there. That and, that was my big thought. <laughs> and feeling it. I think recognizing the feelings that are coming sure. up, you know, and and so that can help move through some of the emotional energy so we can come to a place of acceptance. Yeah. You know, my I favorite think. question to ask when I subconsciously pick up my phone and I hit the if it's social media app or email, I'm like, what am I searching for? What am I searching for? And if I can like right. pause in that second and answer, oh, connection. Is this really going to answer that need? Mm, don't think so. And so I think that's that's been a key question for me. 
Yeah, there's so much. Um, both of what you're saying is so wonderful. Um, it, you know, the other term that's used is being with, you know, mm. uh, creating space around, holding space. Mm. Um, I think the caveat, <clears throat> if you limit caveat or in our, because we also, you know, in our other work, we do stress and resilience work and trauma is an important condition to be mindful of when anybody's moving into acceptance work mm -hmm. because there are areas of one's life that are to put it bluntly unacceptable mm -hmm. and so when we talk about acceptance from the spiritual perspective there's there's the trauma on one end of what has happened during the course of life and then there's also uh facing death so those are the two biggies if you will mm -hmm. <laughs> and i think in the in, later on th there anyway i'll stop there because those are touch points for for a deeper discussion i don't know if you have anything you want to add to that or yeah i think um i mean i think that there is there's a level right of i mean cuz when when we can when someone experiences uh, you know traumas and you know there is that level of okay do we accept this you know and and how do we how are we moving through this um versus like being able to being able to maybe feel our way through that right and and honor what's coming up for us versus like accepting someone else's bad behavior and recognizing that, you know, that bad behavior has, you know, we, we can put a stop to that and say no more and that, you know, learn boundaries, right? And so then, but being, but we have to really become present, right, with, with what is. And I believe that is the next soulful capacity you're, you're really you're really good <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice segue. Wait, did she get paid enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah no stacy there's you had said earlier you had talked a lot about feeling and i i say you cannot feel your way into presence you, you cannot think your way into presence. Mm -hmm. You can only feel your way into presence. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the same goes for all the soulful capacity. You can't think your way into acceptance. Mm. Yeah. And um, it, it is a kind of like coming to your knees uh, experience. Mm -hmm. And so presence is, they all relate. Like I said earlier, the soul is one whole. So each of these capacities flow into each other. And I think one of the ways you can shift into talking about presence and acceptance together is, is through forgiveness and gratitude hmm. that of all the different practices and capacities that are out there, at least in the West currently, gratitude, gratitude practice is one of the most commonly used it's it's talked about quite a bit gratitude journals are just all over the place yeah <laughs> what three gratitude what are you what are three things you're grateful for today but that also blends into forgiveness and so mm. the more work that you do in acceptance the more i think you become more present 
to your life as a whole. Mm-hmm. So there's accepting of things, occasions, events, traumas, past resentments that need to be transformed, you know, dealing with the past uh, or dealing with your current situation, because maybe you don't fully accept your spouse the way he or she is, right? Mm-hmm. Or your children. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So presence, though, kind of kind of moves it up a little bit of a notch because now you're like, hey, this is it. You know, it's I when I do these courses, I show videos and I often show the movie clips from the movie Groundhog Day. Mm. (laughs) And in Groundhog Day, it's kind of like this waking up like, okay, not only accepting that this is this is the lot I've been given, you know, over and over and over again. But now I better be present to it. I better show up to it. And that's the transformation that in that movie, Bill Murray kind of like starts to live his life being so present that he anticipates the needs of everyone and he gifts those people. And that's what gets him out of the karmic loop mm. you know, through mm-hmm. love. So, so presence, you know, <laughs> and what's fascinating there, I can talk about this for, for a long time, but I'll stop there. And, and uh, <laughs> you make me want to watch that movie again. I haven't seen Bill Murray and Groundhog's Day in a, in a very, very long time. Um, but I would like to talk an, about one of the other soulful capacities. Um, let's talk about flow since we're in this role of acceptance and presence and, and flow, how we can like tap into flow, um, allowing and surrendering life to unfold. Um, and, and how can we stay in this place as best we can? Because, you know, the world around us, I feel like can have such a chaotic feel to it. You know, as of this recording, we're going to be entering into a holiday season. For some people, this is a very stressful time. It's a very heavy or remorseful time. It, it can go either way. For some people, they it's it's a joyful time. But whatever, you know, emotional state we're in, how can how do you think we can really um, tap into this idea of flow? Again, <laughs> right? Like there's no formula, you know? I think, you know, the... My my favorite, again, I'm using these quotes because so much of this is informed by previous uh, writers. Mm. And um, of all the soulful capacities, the one that has the most research behind it is flow. So really? for, people, for people who are listening, uh, you can Google Scholar Flow and the work of Mihai Shitsumahai, who was a Hungarian-American psychologist, passed away just recently. And um, there's, I mean, there's so many articles written, research studies mm. done on flow. Interesting. And my, but my favorite quote from him is, of all the virtues we can learn, no trait is more useful, more essential to survival, and more likely to improve the quality of life than the ability to transform adversity into an enjoyable challenge. Mm. And to me, that's the core of flow. Flow happens in the face of some challenge, even a micro challenge and something where you have to do something, you have to act or you're being called to level up your game. And so much of the flow research began 
with people who are in sports and that experience of just being so in the flow, like, you know, one basket after, after another in a basketball game, one hit after another, you know, running so fast that you beat the record because you were just in flow. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the beginning point to this discussion is what are the challenges in your life that you're facing? How can you break down the ones that are the easiest for you to address? And how can you practice coming at them over and over and over again so that it's just you just flow? So mm-hmm. I think it's a there's more to it than that, but that that experience of, hey, we got it. We won. We went through it. We did it. Mm-hmm. And 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 then journaling mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. encoding it, remembering it, reminding yourself of it, which is what happens when people train in sports psychology. They they train the athlete to visualize themselves flowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my answer there. Yeah, actually, yeah, I I love that book. I read that uh, book, um, Flow, a long time ago. And yeah, just, you know, when we can tap into that energy, right? And and I think as as you're talking, right, the these acceptance and presence and, and coming into the flow, right? Because we have to go through, um, in my experience anyways, you know, having to go through some of the maybe the resistance or the pieces where, you know, things didn't feel like they felt like maybe that was, you know, I was maybe trying to force something to happen, but it wasn't like in the flow because there was a forcefulness of it, of making whether or not it was a business idea or something that I wanted to try to make something happen, but it was coming from the mind. And this, the sense of flow is like a spirit, like the soul, the soul coming in and you're, feels like a co-creation because then you you are like I I like to imagine it you know like I'm in this river and I'm flowing with the river and you know all these people and places and things opportunities start to manifest and that's when I know I'm in my flow I'm I'm helping the or I'm 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 getting out of the way and it's just essentially guiding me like I'm not even really doing anything to create anything anymore and that's you know the the piece where I've had to like surrender right and so it's such a different feeling than trying to make things happen like yeah. I think our human minds want to try to to get in the way and and make it happen no it's it's the two other terms here are non-resistance and effortlessness Mm -hmm. are effortless so Mm -hmm. yeah that's beautiful stacy i think everybody has to find their way into those things that they do in their life where they experience that so one last point on this is that it could be a hobby um, it could be uh, coloring, mandala coloring. Uh, it could be playing cards with your friends, where you or a game, you know. Or um, I do think that going back to children, children are often just in a state of flow. Mm, absolutely. No, yeah, and so just being with a kid, 
and just following them wherever they go. Mm. <laughs> you know, I have a two-year-old grandson. We were at the game the other day and it was like, you know, he's going off in one direction and then it's, you know, it's a, a complete chaotic zigzag. <laughs> and, you know, and that you can't, but if you want to direct, <laughs> that's a two-year-old, right? But if you just follow him and you've got a big open field, yeah, try that. That'll do it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can learn so much from children, right? I mean, yeah. really, they haven't like had the world to, you know, get in the way and, you know, experience. They're just like jump right in there. They're naturally you know, in the playful mode, in the flow mode, and they just, you know, yeah, just jump right in. <laughs> so beautiful. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here in this podcast. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> we're letting it unfold. <laughs> we are, right? There's a, there's a creation here, right? And so as humans, I think, or as adults, you know, <laughs> we're, um, you know, we've been conditioned in one way and now we're reconditioning ourselves to find that flow and, and you know, recognizing that we have the power to co-create our souls with the with spirit, the universe, the energies and, you know, tap into that. And yeah, so I think one more comment there, since everything you're saying is like, oh yeah. So, <laughs> so I say connection trumps information every time mm. oh, i and love that what, what often happens is when we're in media like here we think we've got to get to this information or this is the piece that we've got to get through or we've got to make sure that we cover this and when you're focusing so much on information the opportunities for flow are less mm -hmm. but when you're open to the connection the opportunities for flow just they just start cascading. Yeah, I I love that. Yes, connection. And yeah, that's what we seek to do here at Be The Love Podcast. You I know. know. Con connecting other souls <laughs> on the journey. <laughs> so, um, I do. I mean, not to go back to like information, but I am excited. <laughs> I, I really, really, really want to talk about synchronicity. Okay. Because yes. that's one of my, I like, I just, I love that I just, I love the word. I love when it happens because it's like this delightful surprise. And I know some people think, oh, that's just a coincidence, but I don't think so. I think everything is orchestrated and, and the, the people and places or opportunities or whatever, they show up at the perfect timing, um, usually not our timing, which me, I mean, self-confessed, you know, impatient, slightly perfectionistic. Okay. Maybe very perfectionistic. <laughs> I I'm just putting it all out there. Um, but synchronicity is truly one of my favorite ways to connect at the soul level. So I'm curious, what are, what are your insights and thoughts on synchronicity? Well, the, each of the chapters have exercises and self-assessments and, um, the, the exercises. And I, I also, you know, <laughs> So I hope I also begin each chapter with an ode, you know, like a little poem. So I'm going to read the poem, the ode to synchronicities, and we'll oh. start. Every day, every day, something connects, vibrates at the same frequency of something else. Every day. That yeah. would be you there. Wait, that is you there. Hmm. Connecting, tuning in, jiving frolicking effortlessly, your life shows up to itself. 
effortlessly. You're, so that it's the effortlessness of flow that moves into this other piece where it's like, oh, my whole life is this one amazing timing. And the synchronicity of events, you know, oh, you, the classic definition is two events that don't seem unrelated co-occur at the same time. And the typical example is given, you haven't talked to a friend in 20 years, you pick up the phone to call them and they're there on the other line. Or you think about someone and you turn the corner and you haven't seen them in a while and there they are. Uh, and so I think the key here is to, these are capacities that can be cultivated. We know that we can cultivate acceptance. We know that we can cultivate presence. We know that we can cultivate flow. And we know we can cultivate synchronicity, but we don't think of that because it's chance. So it's that quant, it's that quantum understanding of time in a completely different way. So I think there's so many things to say here, but my favorite quote, and we use quotes, is the Rumi quote, mm. what you seek is seeking you. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And I think that synchronicity is when whenever we're in that state of seeking, 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 making something happen, if we can suspend for a moment and realize, wait, there's something else out there that wants to meet us. Mm-hmm then there's more likely to be synchronicity. Being open and allowing for that. It's not just coincidence. Mm -hmm. It's a deeper meaning to be present to our whole life. And so you can think about times when you've had a synchronicity happen and they become markers in the history of your life. I think our meeting is a synchronicity. Mm -hmm. I think this podcast at this time is a synchronicity. Now, how much how much synchronicity do you think we plan out in our souls um, before we come here in our souls plan? Or do you think there's, you know, things that are, you know, planned versus like the free will versus like what we want to create? And just curious. I know that that could be a whole other podcast episode. Yes, let's, but... <laughs> let's, 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 that's great. Let's do that next time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Joel. This has been just beautiful. So just, you know, just as we are wrapping up here, I would love to just hear just your vision, your macro vision, your global vision, and the global significance, the global, the macro vision for your work and, and how you see this as an impacting the world and the planet right now? Well, yeah, very quickly. I think that most of the problems we face in modern times is due to uh, a blind adherence and worshiping of clock time. Pollution, pandemics, climate change, overproduction, fast foods, ultra-processed foods, uh, 24-7, the demise of the Sabbath, the demise of the rest, uh, the the actually erosion of siestas uh, and not honoring the Sabbath, if you will, um, is accounts for most of the problems we have. And so the, the broad vision here is to create a more soulful vocabulary of time and to recognize that the fate of the planet might depend upon it. So that's the global vision. And to and there, and we're not, I'm not the only one. There's, you know, a lot of different 
groups out there, slow, slow movement, slow food movement, the Course in Miracles, uh, Holy Instant work. I mean, there's so many things out there. So I think it's the global vision for all to come together and to raise this up to a higher level of dissemination and mm. to change corporate and and business practices, especially in manufacturing and in Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. know you really want me to go there i'll go there right <laughs> well, well thank, thank you thank you joel and please tell our listeners where they can find you and anything you're currently working on oh thanks just quickly www.presencequest.life presencequest.life we have a facebook page i hope i think Brenda and Stacy, you're on there i mm-hmm. hope you are absolutely yes yep. absolutely we have a patreon page we offer webinars, so just come there and you'll be able to get a lot from, from there. And and what I'm working on now is uh, just doing more educating around the the first three books, you know, Connoisseur of Time, The Map, and The Radiant Forces in the Soul. That's what I'm doing. And I've got mm-hmm. my other life, but, uh, you know, but that's it. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. And thank you so much, Joel, for being here today with us to have this beautiful conversation. And thank you for listening to Be The Love podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends and family, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes or Spotify, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with a monthly donation that helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, please visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.